filmed in front of a live studio audience. It's the Dicebreaker Podcast with your host, Matt Jarvis. Every time it gets better and better. Thanks, Wills. It's Friday. It's the Dicebreaker Podcast. We're here. It's Friday night. You know what that means. It means podcast. (laughs) Night? Night? What? I mean, it's dark, but it's, night. It's Friday night somewhere. It's England. Yeah, Friday Friday night's all right for podcasting. As Elton John famously <laughs> saying, <laughs> almost got spit take out of wheels. That is very sad. <laughs> uh, big fan of podcasts, Elton John. Uh, and also, big fan of podcasts, us. And we're here with another weekly podcast. Hello, I'm Matt Jarvis. Thanks for joining me. Uh, we are joined by a very special guest this week. We're joined by Emma Parlow. Hey, Emma. Hello. How are you Thanks for coming I'm on. good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Better, thanks. It's been a been a while since you were last on, but it's good to have you back. Yeah, a lot's happened since then. Yeah, yeah, a lot has that's, happened. Yeah, <laughs> it could honestly, it could have been yesterday, and that's yeah. That time's just a flat it. circle, isn't it? Like, yeah. I forget what day it is half the time. So, uh, mm. and of, and of course, also joining us, uh, Michael Wills Whelan. Hello, thank you for having <laughs> me. It's great to be back. Um, I'm here almost every week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and also running out the the team this week, Alex Meehan. Hello. Yeah, Mian. hi. Yeah, uh, I'm also almost. Oh, oh I'm also... that was almost. <laughs> almost, almost. Look, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it didn't take long for the first look from me. You can't have an intervention like two minutes into the podcast. I've been drinking lemon flavored lem sip for the last two days. You gotta give me a break. What have you no. been topping it up with? That's the question. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Make it taste a bit better. God, mm. that stuff is like drinking stomach acid. <laughs> it's really, really foul. Mm, hot stomach acid. Oh, why can't they make it taste decent? It's bad enough that you're I feeling thought, ill. I don't remember lem sip. To be fair, bad. does anyone remember cowpod? How delicious it tasted as a mm. kid. It is basically just liquid sugar, though, isn't it? Yeah. It is, yeah. What we had, mm. uh, what's it called? Honey, honey, something, honeysuckle, or whatever. Um, so similar cough syrup brand, I don't mm. know. Uh, mm. But that stuff was great. And then this was back when I had that cough that wouldn't go away after I had my second jab. Um, and then after that, it wasn't going. So Zoe got some of the hard stuff for adults, and I was like, "No, <laughs> bring stuff. Give me the baby things again. I want, I want, I just want to be a yeah. coughing baby." Yeah, that is that was like no, licorice no. with ethanol. It was horrible. Oh my god, that sounds horrific. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. taste the same if you don't eat out of a plastic spoon. I feel. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, well, it's, it's like, like wine out of a wine glass or whiskey out of a whiskey yeah, glass. Yeah, cocaine out of a can. Yeah. Bowl, but it's just not the same. Adjust the flavour profile. I was seeing while well, you lot were being uh, fed the the delicacies of cowpole <laughs> and honeysuckle. Whilst we were I having our flaming mows. Yeah. With the foulest of um, of medicines, such as diarolite. I really thought you were going to say the rum marrow again. The marrow rum. Benelin's yeah. not great, to be fair. Mm. Um, yeah, diarolite. Black. Black currant flavored diorolite because obviously they put salt in that as well. Because yeah, because you have to replenish you, them. Yeah, yeah you got to recover all your really? all your bits. So when you're drinking that, it's like oh. it's like a punishment. Everyone, I've just received a very you? important notification from my emails. Uh, my advent calendar that I forgot to get is on the way. Ordered one online kind? because I couldn't find any in the shops. Uh, I've got a Kinder one coming, which is pretty Ooh. exciting. Ooh. Kinder mini mix. There was. Wait, a- I was 
I was tempted to buy a cheese one. Oh yeah, no, I got I got a cheese, cheese one once, one, but it was one cheeses. of the crappy ones. So it had like <laughs> just nothing but cheddar. baby bell. <laughs> no, yeah, but it it was like you know cheese like strings. you know like Edamer or whatever. You know, yeah. Like, ah. Oh hey now hey now that's no like, I, I don't. <laughs> so no. You, know, you know what I mean though the brand that comes with slices of Edamer cheese. Oh sure. Oh yeah. I can't remember yeah. what they're called, but it, it was like like that quality of cheese. You know when you buy like like branded cheeses mm. rather than just here is a nice cheese that's no, uh, yeah, 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 it wasn't good and there was only like yeah. five varieties so it was like 25 little circles of about five different cheeses <laughs> and they were all pretty crap well, so, so be careful see, on those ones the the good benefit of being an adult mm-hmm. you know when you, you know these days we're sat there and we're going oh when i was a kid i didn't have any responsibilities it was yeah. great but when you're a kid, you're like, I want to be an adult so I can do the things I want my way yeah. and have, yeah. uh, you know, money to buy things. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, I don't get that luxury with advent calendars. Your because your my buys mother them. buys one for me every year and I'm not allowed to buy my own one. And this year, she decided to get me a, a Paw Patrol one. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh, there's Everest. Everest yeah. Yeah. Oh my I God. don't know oh, any no, wait, of these characters. Goddamn propaganda. I like the photoshopped presents. Yeah, looking great. Um, nice. Uh, uh, you know what? At least it's better than the previous year's one, which was just a very disturbing looking Father Christmas. Uh, leering uh, out at me. <laughs> but me and you're, you're absolutely right, though. As an adult, you get to pick your advent calendar. Mm. Yeah, uh, but I don't get to do that. No, but still, <laughs> there was likes a point. To pretend that I'm five years old. <laughs> there was a point where I had that realization. I was like, wait, why am I just getting a generic, you know? Yeah. Dairy milk one or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I can get the bougie ones that you always like lusted after in yeah. Asda when you're about 15. Well, make your own yeah, advent like, calendar. Ones. Yeah. 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 Just get yeah. 20, 25 little boxes, put like a pound coin in each. It's your own money, but obviously it just feels like it's more satisfying <laughs> when it comes back. That's, Savings. Yeah. Matt, that's just called a bank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, I could, I could buy one of my own as well, but you, there's that thing where you're like, or, oh, or you I can do believe... the power play of just buying one on the last day on Christmas Eve and It'll then just eat all at once. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, because they're like half price. Who's gonna freaking stop you? You know, like exactly. <laughs> my mother, she will come down here and, and get me. <laughs> I'll also say Zoe painted my nails. I haven't. I haven't Ooh, really lovely. Wow. Shade is uh, ethereal. For the, sort of the listener, uh, wheels is nails are a kind of a pearlescent colour. Yeah, pearlescent pink. Which um, oh, yeah, um, very slanesh. Yeah, very slanesh. There you go. Let's bring it back. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Emma. Um, <laughs> Matt Jarvis! <laughs> it's got a lasso and it's just... <laughs> really <laughs> What do we do on this podcast, Matt Jarvis? Since about Christmas. Yeah, just ramble on about some stuff. <laughs> and then occasionally we talk about board games and tabletop games <laughs> and RPGs and all of that. Uh, so let's do some of that, shall we? Let's yeah. dive in by chatting about what we've been up to this week. Uh, special guest, M. Hollow. Would you like to go oh, first? Hi. What have you been Magic up the to? Gathering correspondent. <laughs> yeah, so unsurprisingly, I've been playing Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been playing a bit of that this week. Um, I f- we finally finished our Betrayal House on the Hill legacy campaign. Wow. Which, wow. Yeah, so we started it before the pandemic, um, before like lockdowns and stuff happened. And we, we hit the last um, session 
and then lockdowns hit. So it's been like two years since we wanted to finish this like last sort of session. Um, so we managed to get that done. That was great. That's really good fun, actually. I do recommend that. Um, there's something about just sticking stuff to like permanent game pieces. That's really fun. I can't explain it. Um, otherwise, I've been reading up on the new D&D book, the Strixhaven Curriculum of Chaos that's coming out next week. I've got a copy of that from Wizards of the Coast. Um, and then I picked up a load of um, Warhammer stuff. Uh, as I mentioned to Matt just before recording, I picked up a Mortarian, mm -hmm. which is the Death Guard Primarch, the, uh, oh, the big dude. With the big wings. The big Ooh, wings. Like the, yeah, it's like ridiculous. Yeah, it's he's a big flappy boy. boy. <laughs> yeah, um, so it's going to take me about seven years to even think about painting. Those so my that was a good purchase. Those are my yeah. absolute favorite, the big, big showpiece models. Yeah, um, and that's pretty much it in terms of gaming. In terms of video gaming, I did start playing Metroid Dread, which I'm quite enjoying as well. It's very difficult, but it's very good. Mm, okay. Sweet. Do recommend yeah. it on the Switch. I've had my eye on it, because I've never played a Metroid game in my life. They're really um, good. I, I've been a fan since Super Metroid, since like the original ones, so it's just like... Yeah, like Advance Wars has been delayed until next year, so I can't play that. So I'm just going to get Metroid Dread as an early Christmas mm. present. I do recommend it. It's very good fun. My only fear of it is because I am bad. <laughs> it is oh, difficult. Yeah. <laughs> it is difficult. Um, I think there's like an easy mode. I think you can like toggle it down. But there's like it's a, a game easy game. mode. It's, yeah, games, it's yeah. a gamey mode, which I think some people complained about because, you know, you have because that have culture of no gamers. Life. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Um, right um, but no, I do recommend Metro Dread. It's very good. I will say, yeah, I've been, I've been intrigued by it because the only problem is, I like, because I play a lot of indie games, about 80% of all modern indie games are now Metroidvanias. And I'm yes. getting getting a bit tired of the genre. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I would like something a bit different. But I guess looking back at one of the original inspirations for the genre is a good idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's kind of cool. And I like the the sort of like uh, clean white horror aesthetic. It's very cool. Yeah, I like the fact it's side scrolling, but it's kept some of the three Dness as mm -hmm. well. So it's like a nice tribute to the original Metroids as well. Mm. So ticks a lot of boxes for someone who's nostalgic for that kind of stuff. Yes. Have have you been playing? Oh. I was, was going to say, have you been playing much Warhammer since you've been painting it? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing I struggle with, actually playing with any of the vintages I paint. Is it, is it difficult for me? Because I so, so I play a lot of Magic, right? Mm. And just carving that time from Magic to Warhammer, I also play a bit of D&D &D on the side as well. So just finding room for all of that is really, really difficult. Mm. Um, you can't see it on this camera here, but right next to me, there is a paint station. So if I'm taking a break from work, I will try and paint something um, just to slowly build that Death Guard army that's still half-sealed. Mm. Um, but I would like to play eventually. Yeah, Death Guard are quite good. So We were talking about... Um, but the only issue is, is um, Death Guard are very sort of unique, mm. as in like they all look, each model looks differently, so paying them takes forever. It's not uniform, say like Tyrion is, where you can just like wash it, yeah. spray it, and you're done. Um, but yeah, hopefully eventually get to play... And you know, and not wait on a new codex, even though that just came out recently. But you get the idea. Mm. We uh, so yesterday we were uh, doing our painting stream, and we were talking about the Army Painter Speed Paints, which have been announced mm. recently, uh, which I've been quite excited about, and I think are coming out next year. But they're like they're like contrast paints from Warhammer, but better. But it's it's essentially yeah, the Warhammer ones are not good. Yeah, it's essentially what they look like. But they they genuinely like obviously it's marketing promotions and stuff. But I saw. Um, 
uh, is it Dana or Donna? Dana Howell um, yeah. was uh, posting a sort of comparison shot between the two as well. And like they genuinely look really impressive. So I'm quite excited to give them a go. But that, I might have uh, to pick them up. That might be the, the thing you need. <laughs> to, might be the ticket. Yeah, to get them out the door. Uh, apologies for the uh, incredibly loud fart machine that's happening outside. <laughs> I, can't right now. I can't hear it. I can't hear it. I can't hear it. If you can't, if you can hear it, they are doing tree surgery yeah. in the road outside of my flat. There's um, an oak started, getting some more amputations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks terrifying, actually. I mm. never want to do that. Yeah, it's but, a scary um, job, to be honest. Mm. Uh, Wills, you know uh, what I'm most excited about in terms of the miniatures you need to paint. What what am I excited about you painting, Wills? Oh, What's in the office um, right now? oh, you mean sexy dragon boy? Handsome dragons. Handsome dragons. Yeah, handsome so dragons. We got sent. Uh, we like the thing is with um, Games Workshop because I think the way the the sort of like stuff is allocated to press is is like mm. you know it's not like here is every single thing that we produce because obviously that would be a bit ridiculous. But you never really know which things are going to get sent. But recently we got about three boxes in a row of Warhammer stuff that's all just sort of piled up on a table. Um, including the uh, Stormcast Eternal Dragons, uh, which are like just big, like they look almost Spyro esque because they've got very yeah. expressive faces. You should you just paint them as Spyro. <laughs> well, you, you know the the like the guys that you unfreeze in Spyro. It's like yeah. it's that vibe. Yeah, so yeah. Like... Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I meant, Ian. No, I don't mean Spyro himself because he's more sort of cartoon character. Whereas the the adult dragons that you un unsatuesque or whatever, they're very like, hello, I am a handsome dragon, and it's that kind of vibe, you know. So, like in the remake of the the Spyro trilogy, which I like very much, Mm -hmm. called Spyro Reignited. Yes. uh, They redid all the models for the characters, and in the first one, they obviously redid all the adult dragons, and there were so many memes about like, oh. Hello, Daddy Dragon. Matt, uh, uh, Mian, have I sent you the video of like ranking all 100 and whatever Spyro dragons from Reignited based on how much I want to give them a kiss? Oh my god, send me that video. <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe you haven't seen that. I put it in the dose oh chat god. at some point. This sounds like someone made a video exclusively for me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, everyone had awakenings when they were younger um, <laughs> so, some people had kovu from the lion king 2 uh you know other people had the fox from um sorry are we talking awakenings or from... furry awakenings <laughs> <laughs> lines are blaring here <laughs> anyway that's enough um is that is that everything emma yes it is yeah Who's next, Matt? Uh, Alex Meehan, is your, do you already yeah. Yeah, Tell you, us about your furry escapades. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Tell us more about your, your sexual awakenings while playing Spyro the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, dear. No, I mean, I did watch Labyrinth, so. Mm. Yeah. You know, what are you going to do? Everyone the cold piece. Jennifer Connolly. Nothing. <laughs> David Bowie's cup. That's what everyone was. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, his great hair. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, what have I been playing, Matt Jarvis? Well, it's been a little bit since I've been on the podcast. I wasn't here mm. last week. I was off. Um, but since then, I have played some board games. I have played Citadels, mm-hmm. which is a game by Brown. <laughs> Are you okay? 
Brown. A Bruno. <laughs> oh, that was just a mistake. I thought you were trying to tell a joke that you thought was so funny that you'd like cracked halfway so through. Half you just said Bruno wrong. Fantastic. No. Oh dear. No. <laughs> Brown Falduti. Uh, Bruno Falduti. Mm, one of the Brunos. Yeah. I always mix the Brunos up. With Cathala. Uh... Yeah. yeah, there's quite a few of them. Uh, the game, the board game industry, everyone. <laughs> nothing but Brunos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, nothing so but Bruce Willis. <laughs> Video games, there are too many mats. Board yep. games, there's too many Brunos. There you go. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. So, Citadels, I've heard a lot about because it seems to be quite a popular game. It's good. Uh, but I've not played it before until now. Where I uh, played it, and it's very interesting. It's um, quite a brutal mm. game. It's quite mean, but essentially the the aim of the game is to get the most victory points. Fairly straightforward. But the way you do that is um, you play these different kind of districts or buildings. You're you're essentially making a kind of city uh, out of cards that you have in your hand, uh, and you build those by having monies. Uh, but like the way you sort of do things is at the beginning of each round, everyone picks a card secretly from like a hand of cards, uh, and each card ha- is like a character or a role, and they have different abilities. Uh, and depending on which one you pick, you'll be able to do different things. Like um, uh, one of them is you get to essentially steal another person's turn as that role if you name that role when you play it i think that's the witch or there's another one that uh, gets you gold depending on what districts you have already played and things like that uh but the characters you have in play totally depends on the setup you do at the start and there are different like recommended setups of oh if you want to play this kind of game you have these characters mm. in the, the the deck uh and it's it's as simple as that there's just a lot of take that kind of stuff or, or there's um it's kind of a little bit like it feels like a Kinitia game if that makes sense yeah in the sense that like Kinitia games are very much like um is it Kinitia just like mean games or am i thinking of someone else Matt uh, it's maps games. i mean Kinitia does everything yeah uh he Maybe tends I to do like quite relatively dry like things Maybe with a scoring twist at the end yeah regardless uh it's pretty good like i like the art style i i like the fact that the game is relatively fast paced uh there's some mean stuff in it but i think you can kind of change who starts taking cards uh so you can get to those cards potentially before anyone else does and also you take two cards out before the start of each round so maybe those cards won't be in this time so it doesn't feel like you're constantly being sort of attacked by the other players uh yeah i played that although i will say the very last turn of the game i was doing great i was on top it was great <laughs> oh no um, I, I not a good start life. this feels like oh, a no. setup. Yeah. <laughs> i was living large uh but then somebody convinced someone else uh, I'm saying that as if you know who it is. Yeah, normally um, we do this so that we avoid just like talking mess about each other on the podcast. Right. But... No, you're not. not. <laughs> no, normally it's Matt um, Jarvis. This person. Yeah. <laughs> it is Matt Jarvis. Uh, but um, somebody convinced someone else 
to do mean things <gasps> uh, to my city. Mean things. Uh, in the hopes of stopping me, no, stopping me from winning, but helping them win. But all mm -hmm. it did was just help the person who convinced them to do it win the game instead. Politics at like, hand. Look, mm. look, the snake in the grass. Outrageous. You got the screen in your ear, and now all you've done is <laughs> stop me from winning and help them win. You got little things so, but... in yeah, I got. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to repeat that. Um, Look. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, I played that. I also played a lot of Root. 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 A classic. Yeah, best game ever made. Ever made. Uh, Root is really yeah, good. Best, ever, best made. Game wow. ever made. Big claim. Fightney. I could get claimed on the this. podcast. I think I could. Uh, yeah. yeah, Matt's getting. I could ride yeah. with this. Yeah. Um, look, it's subjective, but... Um... That, that little shrug means, but I'm right. <laughs> Regardless, um, I went over to a friend's house um, and we played Root in person again. Oh my goodness. It was a fantastic experience. Um, it was still their copy. I've not actually opened my copy yet. <laughs> sat there looking at me. Um, but yeah, uh, we... we managed to get two games in uh because we kind of we all know the game well enough now that we're like we can play the <laughs> game quickly uh i played as the airy to start with because they are my my standard now i think i've sort of grown to to very much appreciate how they work um and i almost won i got very very close um i only fell in the birdie winner once so it's pretty good and I recovered quite quickly, actually. In fact, I deliberately put myself in the boiler as like a strategic move. <gasps> See, Matt Jarvis, look how far I've come. You are um, a little well, figure now. <laughs> you're welcome to a rematch anytime you like. Well, Ooh, somebody <laughs> didn't go. So, <laughs> not naming names, but. It was me. Yeah, this this <laughs> is one of those moments. Um, uh, yeah, and then the next game I played as the Cats. And I didn't do that great, but I've not played the cats in ages. I still haven't played the cats. I, um, I literally yeah, just fine. haven't played them before. Like, or the I feel like they're the most straightforward of the factions. Yeah. I feel like they are. All those factions are satisfying, but I feel like they are. Yeah, they're they not necessarily the, to... the easiest to win with because essentially the problem you have with the cats is that you start off pretty strong because you have pieces, you have good board control to start with, but then it's a case of like. If you don't keep the momentum going, things just fall apart towards mm. the end. I, th like I think they're... the biggest misconception is that you don't actually have control of anything. Just because no, you've, you've no, got like not... one dude in every place, so yeah. you need to like retract mm. quite early yeah. on. What I meant was like you've got options only yeah. available to you because you have so much spread of your pieces. Mm. But obviously, like just one cat in one area is not going to do anything. Um, it really is like how well you set up that all determine whether you can keep that pace going because once you slow down towards the end it's very hard for you to get victory points because obviously you've got fewer places to build in uh, which is the main you get where you get victory points so the thing you usually sort of divert to is just trying to destroy other people's stuff but um, yeah it was fine the person who won was the alliance and they had been working hard trying to get better <laughs> at it so uh, two think, great games of root I think the Woodland know? Alliance are secretly the strongest faction you know like, I think they have that like delayed hit, so yeah. people don't worry about them until it's too people late, and then it's them. like, oh, yeah. oh no. 
Like, no, there are see, so many mice here now. Fools don't worry about them, but people who have played the game enough completely <laughs> wow. understand what they're capable of. You hear that, all you fools? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was a fool once. I, I, you know. It's a rite of passage, isn't it? Playing yeah, it Ignorant is. Neanderthals. You've <laughs> yeah. let them win. <laughs> um, they are one of the most difficult to play, though, as well. Like, trying to... Because, mm. essentially, if you get shut down as the Alliance, sometimes that's just it. Like, it's really mm. hard yeah. to recover from, like, having one or more of your bases destroyed. Because it's such, like, a, a hit to your ability to do anything after that. Uh, which is what happened in the first game. But in the second game, things worked out a bit differently. Yeah. Uh, and then we attempted to play Imperium Classics, which is a deck-building game from Osprey Games, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. which I had the Legends version here. So there are two versions of the game, I think, Classics and Legends. Maybe yeah, at the more. moment, I think. Yeah, I think they're um, planning to do more, aren't they? Cause, but it's basically like... You can combine the sets, or you can just have one, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and the the, the classics has um, classical civilizations in them, so the Romans, the Greeks, the Carthaginians. Carthaginians. I don't think I said that's the one. Carthaginians <laughs> and the Macedonians, um, and then the legends has, I think, like mer people and. Yeah, stuff. it's got At- Atlanteans. Yeah, mm, that's the yeah. one I've played. Is legends. Ah, um, so we we set the game up, and my friends were explaining how to play, and it sounded very complicated. I was the Romans, uh, and then <laughs> by the time we set up, our dinner had arrived, and we were all really tired, so we gave up. Yeah, that is a classic. That is yeah. a classic. <laughs> it is a it is a long game. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, I think the person who suggested it was like, oh, I realised partway through that maybe this was a bit much uh, at this mm. point. But I definitely want to play one of them. Like, it looks like up my street in terms of once I get my head around it. Yeah, it's it's good. Because, I, like I said, I played the Legends one. And it is, it's like a very solid deck. But I don't think it's wildly kind of revolutionary. But mm. I think it does what it does very well. You build up your civilization and you kind of there's like a fun mechanic yeah. of putting things into your history books basically but i think one of the downsides of it is that there's a lot of um like what trying to think like terminology to pass yes, like up front say, yeah. so learning it is actually way more it makes it seem way more complicated than that game actually mm. is because mm. for the first few rounds you're looking in the book like what does like flood mean what does it mean if I flood something? And then you have to go flicking through the book to find that out. And it only applies to the Atlanteans because it's a different term to like what every other faction in that game uses. So yeah, mm. it's it's cool. But yeah, I think it it does it puts a lot of it up front. So I'm not surprised, mm. particularly if you'd already played two games of Brew, which is not a short game. <laughs> uh, no. Um uh we also played uh so that was board game. Uh, we also played Mario Party Superstars. Whoa! Oh, Mario Party. Let's go. Um, which I think I might have talked about in the podcast in the past, but um, it's the new <laughs> version of Mario Party uh, on the Switch. <laughs> there was one previously released on the Switch, which was bad, uh, but this one is good. Um, it's okay. like a remix of the the best of sort of. Best of. Yeah, best, best of, I feel it's like a loose term. <laughs> best of according to that. Yeah. Well, no, 
no, I mean like according to Nintendo. Yeah. Because oh, some sure, of the yeah. choices yeah. that they've made are like, why did you put this one in? Like the Nintendo so like selection. Mm, yeah. The boards that they've selected are from previous games. And like Ooh. we played Woody Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Classic. Uh, which has Monty Mole in. And oh, we yeah. we mourn yeah. Monty Mole because Monty Mole was in the previous game as a playable character. And now he's not in this one and it made me very upset. Yeah, it's very upsetting to be honest. Yeah, it I, is I love tragedy. Monty Mole. I think it's great. <laughs> he's, he's objectively bad. Like, yeah. his, oh, his yeah, dice terrible. are terrible. <laughs> However, I will always play as him because he's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's his bo- he has very body positive energy. Yeah. He slaps his belly when he's like yeah. feeling happy, and he's, he's a legend. Just a, just a cracking lad. Yeah, yeah he is. Um, <laughs> but his board, I have to say, is awful. Um, it's just very, it's just very randomised and confusing. And there are parts of the board that we just could not get to because the game just decided it didn't want us to. You, you're burying the lead here, Ian. The, the real news story here is Nintendo, do justice to Monty Mole, yeah. one of the greatest <laughs> yeah, yeah, characters you've ever yeah, made. Where is, yeah. Yeah. where is the year of Monty Mole? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to be like 2047 by the time that we actually have the year of Monty Mole. Mm. Yeah, well, get on it, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, the thing is about the Mario Party is that every single time I lose because I'm very unlucky. Uh, uh, but I still enjoy myself, you know. Um, chance time just ruins me. <laughs> or I ruin <laughs> someone else and they get really upset and I'm like, I couldn't control what was happening. Um, yeah. There you go. Uh, I think that's, that's everything I really wanted to talk about because there were some games that we all played together that yes, maybe someone are. else wants to talk about. Well, I'll tell, you what. I'll tell you what, Mian. I'll take over from The Hunger because as you were talking about um, Imperium and, and how it's like way too difficult to pass when you first play, I felt very similar about trying to read the rulebook for The Hunger, a brand new deck-building <laughs> game by Richard Garfield uh, about mm. vampires. Um, it's a it's a loose theme. I'll, I'll, I'll just put that straight out the gate. It's... It's about yeah. vampires who are trying to get to a rose and then home before the sun comes it's up. Because Seal's there. Yeah, Seal, notable vampire. Seal, Seal is not mentioned in the rule book, and therefore I'm afraid I can't, <laughs> I can't hold that to its credit unless unless there was at least a character who looked vaguely like Seal that they'd made in the game. But no, there was nothing there. It just it just yeah, wasn't I in the text to me, and I'm sorry. There's quite know. diverse just... characters characters in the in the artwork. Yeah, it's good. Um, yeah. But the uh, yeah the actual game itself was pretty just fine, and the amount it's of time fine. the amount of time it took both to learn and to play was not not really a one to one of, of how mean, much enjoyment we got out of it. Let's just say throughout the entire game, somebody Matt was being a grumbly little baby. I, well, let's just throw that right out. No. I was busy. I was busy working on things, but I was trailing behind. I I was not the grumbliest little baby. Going. Oh no! I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> no. um, yeah, me and Matt Jarvis, out. Understandably, Matt Jarvis was moaning about being bored and it being slow, and it then was, was like writing in a Google sheet on yeah. the side. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> like um, and I was like, it's fine, you know. Like, uh, I'm doing, I'm doing all right. Uh, no, the the angry. The reason I got angry. It should be called the angry. <laughs> The reason I got angry. The anger. Was... The hangry. 
yeah, I was hungry. But also, um, <laughs> so the main mechanic in the game, uh, it's a deck building game where you, you pick up cards who are meant to be like the humans that you're feasting on, etc. Um, but the end of the game, if you are not back in the castle, or at least in the, the grounds, uh, you immediately burn up and die and you lose everything. Wow. Yeah, and I will note, I was aware of this, <laughs> and I was the first person to turn back to the castle. Yeah. And, yeah. Yet, and yet, Your Honor, I was the <laughs> only one who burnt to death. I, I really <laughs> felt for you on those last few turns because you just drew, so the cards give you speed, which yeah. you spaces, okay. and you just drew nothing on that, like, final oh, wow. turn. You only needed, like, four spaces or something so the, the just... thing of the game oh, that sounds really close so it's a deck builder right but you start with all your best cards basically so like as you pick up new cards they're all like objectively yeah. bad like they're all well, humans no. that give you zero speed or like i had a human that said you can't hunt this turn you also get like familiars and powers and stuff which mm. can be a little bit good but you also don't get any points for picking them up so it's like it's that kind of toss-up of, Balance. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, yeah. how, how many points am I going to risk scoring almost? Yeah, Somehow Liv kind of just sense, absolutely but... murdered yeah, all of us. Liv was incredible. <laughs> she literally doubled all of our points. Like, yeah. It, yeah. She, she was the only one who got a rose. Uh, yeah. So she, mm. she's the only one who saw Seal. Mm -hmm. And then she got back <laughs> quite happily. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she went thing. all yeah, the way to the end of the board and got back first. Yeah, it was like, what has this happened? Um, I think um, one thing that ended up scaring you, Mean, is you didn't get to the boats. Because if you got into the boats, it gets you way further across the map. In a yeah, I wanted to... I think I wanted to take the path just yeah. because, like, there were more opportunities mm. to hunt on oh, I mean, on the way back, mm. sorry, I mean. Um, yeah, yeah, same. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to do a little bit of hunting on the way back. Yeah, and sense. maybe, you know, I could have not done a hunt. But, you know, I still had, like, five turns left or yeah, something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll get back easily in five turns. And then my deck was like, uh, uh, uh. Nope. Savage. So I yeah. think our general sort of consensus on it was like, there was a kernel, I think there's a kernel of of interestingness in mm. there. Yeah. But overall, it was like, I, yeah. Not just because I was salty, I think there's also <laughs> it's Watch also there was also a little bit underwhelming. Yeah, um, I think it was. I, I essentially I I was saying that I think Clank does something very much like this, but it better. was it was very similar to the concept of Clank. I still haven't played Clank, so I can't I can't give you a one to one, but obviously me and can. But like I think um, I think the the biggest problem with it with it was the fact that. Whilst it had this, like, the whole gimmick was like, if you don't get back in time, then you lose. Yeah, but, but when are you, exactly, when are you supposed to know to do that? Yeah, there's really? no real, there's no real way of, it's not like you have an informed decision each turn, you know what I mean? Like, you, mm. you have 15 turns, but you don't really know how fast you are capable of going at any point, And you don't know how long it takes to get back. And it's all just a bit mm. ethereal. So the, by, by the time that you've reached the end of the game, you're just like... Oh well, I'm miles away because I don't <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Like yeah. maybe it gets a little but, bit better with subsequent playthroughs, but yeah, it was just a bit bit there. Like, yeah. Considering how, how harsh the punishment is, how Clank deals with that is that it ramps up mm. like two of oh, you're gonna die and lose mm. everything. So like if you are killed in the dungeon in Clank, you lose everything. That's it. But 
you don't just immediately just burn up and die at like a certain <laughs> point. You you gradually accumulate damage, which you can heal at certain points, but then that gives you like an indicator of mm, oh yeah. maybe you can see how individually screwed you are rather than yeah. just like the global <laughs> yeah. timer that's left and it's just like yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the thing. It's like it's fine to push your luck in games. It's fine for that to be punished because that's how those games work. But if you mm. don't know the odds, it's kind of hard to. Mm. But, um, yeah, but we should. I suppose we should give some brief content. So Richard Garfield, the designer, is the designer of Magic: The Gathering and King of Tokyo, Android Netrunner, and so on. So you know, <clears> has a has a very good track record with a lot of games and some games that are like a bit more meh. So yeah, I, this falls more into the mm, meh category. I put the I put it out that I think Richard Garfield isn't as good at making board games as he is making card games um and i know this is a card game but i mean like you know i call them trading card games then matt has a little wow uh, uh but yeah no I, I you know i mean like collectible card games right like card games in which you make decks and you play against another player yeah uh, i think he's good at making those like i love keyforge uh magic yeah, Gathering keyforge is great. also exists uh and i think that <laughs> i think that like he has some a good track record in that space but every non-trading card game collectible card game whatever you want to call them the board game that i've played of his has not been fantastic um so i wonder if maybe you know he's 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 typecasted himself a bit too much (laughs) this was a deck building game yeah so i feel like maybe that element should have worked a bit more but i think we're all sort of sitting well a lot of these characters just exist to give you points and they don't do much else like a lot Mm -hmm. of cards and that kind of felt a little bit like again lacking like some dynamic energy to it it was like yeah. oh i've got this card i've gotten five points but it does nothing else for me yeah and now it's just yeah. in my deck and there was like a way of the it was called digesting <laughs> lovely uh, oh this okay this is one of the <laughs> um, other problems though like the rule book is which... so bad we didn't know what digesting meant because it didn't actually explain at any point it was mm. literally just in like the errata at the end or something and i was like how am i supposed to know what digesting means if you don't put it in the rule book when i'm reading the rules uh how well it was actually a really good idea because it's like oh you get these cards they're clogging up your deck because they do nothing now they've given you points already um but digesting them basically takes them out of your deck and puts them in a separate part on your board they're still your cards you just don't have to draw them um and the, there were various kind of opportunities to do that but i just don't feel like there were enough well i think like, the problem was it, it was such a good mechanic it like... was tied to the location on the board hmm. most of it because like there are cards that allow you to, to digest but they're quite rare whereas there are spaces on the board that allow you to digest a very specific Certain type cards. of so, yeah, card yeah. Like, you can digest a priest yeah like you have to be <laughs> in a church to digest a priest and it's like one, what the hell does that even mean? But, but two, it's, <laughs> I have questions. Yeah, it, it was also just like, well, you know, I don't feel like I'm really being given many choices. And I think mm. that's what Matt was running into. Was just like you were taking your turn, and it didn't really feel like you really had anything to to contribute. You were board. just like, well, yeah. here's the amount yeah. of spaces I can go. Because you only anyway. draw three cards a turn as well, so it feels like, and you use the numbers on them either for speed or to hunt, so basically to buy yeah. things of currency. So it's pretty classic deck builder, but because it's that's basically the choice that you have. It's like, how far do you move versus how much do you spend on a card? Yeah. And it's just kind of that again and again and again. Like I said, like, there are a few permanent effects that come into play, like, oh, this one will give you extra points when you hunt a human, or this will let you draw an extra card if you have a human in play, and things like that. But it never felt like it got any more interesting. Like, the momentum mm-hmm. never built. 
it just kind of felt like a flat line and then at the end it was like well you're outside oh. so you lost everything from the last like, <laughs> hour of play um <laughs> yeah it's a shame because these kind of deck building games are the ones i'm really into at the moment in terms mm. of Ga- de- you know games that combine deck building with a board or with something else or i think i really feel like it's a genre of board games that i just really into and i've seen really good examples of it this is not one of them. <laughs> this this is very much a you had a kernel of a good idea here mm. but i feel like it's very bare bones uh and um therefore kind of a bit eh. And also, really harsh punishment for something you can't really judge that well. Yeah. So I was, I was miffed. I'm just saying, yeah, like <laughs> for a bit, not... and then I was like, oh well. Yeah, I think also, like, obviously, we were playing for the first time, but even if it were a bit shorter, to lose everything after like an hour-long game, so bad. it's pretty yeah, discouraging, isn't if it? If the point penalty was harsh, you'd have something to show for your efforts, but just being yeah. like, everything you did is worth nothing. Yeah. Oh, thanks, game, for telling me something life's already said to me. Liv is in chat talking about Bippo, by the way. Oh, Bippo. They do have some great names for characters. Yeah. Uh, And the art was pretty fun. There's like a pig. Yeah, the art was pretty decent. And Uh, like, as I said, like the cast was nice and diverse and all that kind of stuff. It was just a bit, you know. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But uh, speaking of nice artwork, we also played The Thing, which I think is a quite pretty mm, little game. The Thing Infection at Outpost 31. Yeah, which we, we were sponsored to play, just to um, let you all know. Uh, but that Let's Play is coming out this weekend. Uh, and it is the entire team as it currently exists. So all four of us playing The Thing Infection. Uh, obviously, must... we are currently hiring another video producer. So if you haven't already yeah. um, mm. and you are interested in applying, it is a full-time job in Brighton. But uh, if you would like to apply, there are uh, details on the website. But yeah, we are... Um, Releasing that this weekend, it was uh, a rip-roaring affair. I think we played for about two hours or so. Yeah, it was really, it, yeah. it was it actually was, it, really fun. It and got like, heated. It did yeah, get heated. There were a lot of accusations flying around at, at various points between <laughs> literally everyone. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't Obviously, think anyone anyone. There, <laughs> there is a point where, I mean, you can probably guess who, one of the group uh, was quite adamant that it was someone else. Uh, and I'll, I'm trying not to spoil anything. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that um, that about halfway through sort of uh, set the tone for the rest of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was uh, it was genuinely really great. Um, I had a really good time with it. I think it's been a while since I've just played like a classic hit and roll game, you know, like, um, and it it has like enough going on outside of like it's very similar to the Resistance, but it you know it had a few different elements to make it a little yeah. bit more interesting. Um, I will I will say this is a reprint of an original game. So who published the original map? It was, was it Mondo, and I think it may have been the op at the time. Mm, um, maybe the, 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 they're redoing it, but um, together. But this, yeah, this is a reprint of the original because I believe it went out of print for a while. Didn't yeah, it, it was a very short print run, and it never came out in the UK, which I was gutted about because I absolutely love the thing. It's yeah. one of my favourite films mm. of the time, and I always wanted to play this and just never had the chance. Yeah, me like, too. And because we ended yes. up playing Who Goes There instead, which is a very similar book game because it's it's based on mm. the book that the thing is based on. Um, but it's also got that similar vibe of like you know you have to get to the helicopter at the end, and if the if the thing is on the helicopter, then you all lose, and you're doing like little missions and stuff. There was a bit more scavenging in Who Goes There. One of my favorite mechanics actually uh, from Who Goes There, which the thing doesn't have, is you have these little clickers, um, which are basically like it's like a little switch, 
uh, and you you know like you can slide it left or right, kind of like like an occupied sign on a toilet, right? Where you can slide it to occupied, or you can slide it to unoccupied. But it was like green or red, which basically meant human or thing. Um, so every night after a like day of doing missions, you have to bunk up with someone else to protect yourself. Because um, if you're on your own, you risk infection from like a random deck, just like with the this game. But you can instead, if you bunk up in a pair, you can protect each other by looking out for each other at night. But if you bunk up with someone who's infected, they can bite you. So every Whoa! night, you yeah, show cool. the other person that you bunked up with your clicker. Um, and the infected oh. person can choose to show the red side to then infect them. But obviously, they can pretend to be human as well. So that they can be mm. like, well, I was safe when I was oh, with this guy. Cool. Yeah, that it's, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. I think who goes there... It's a little bit like the art style is a little bit more cartoony, where I'd say like the infection outpost that you want is a bit more like graphic designy, if that makes sense. Like it's, uh, I think it, it feels like a Mondo poster. Yeah, like, it's it's a pretty game. Living um, with Mondo, but kind of, yeah, I think uh, I think who goes there was a little bit more interesting for me. Um, there were a few more elements to it, and there was like a sort of like crafting thing as well that you got like a little menu of stuff you could do, and like you could level up your character a little bit and all that kind of stuff. And it, it was very well produced as well, I would say. Uh, so. There's there's a lot of good thing games for people who like the thing, mm. which includes us. Mm. So there you go. Yeah, I liked Infection App. Like I haven't played Who Goes There, but I thought it was it was the resistance. But I think it gets a long way on the fact that it's yeah. the thing. It's like, oh, you're McCready, I'm Charles. Like, great. Like, there's there's yeah. the dog thing. There's the, there's the spider crab head thing. There's the the other thing. Yeah. You can tie and people then... to a sofa. Great. Like, Matt was like, box. go and Matt was like, go and watch this. The thing, the musical. This, this YouTube video, <laughs> which I did, and wow! Well, the thing, the musical is incredible. Long. Yeah. Oh, it's only three minutes. It's just so, a song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. A song. Oh, I thought it was like, like a whole theater production. Not over. Wow. <laughs> but they don't. They don't. Imagine. Need that. They nail it in like three and a half minutes. It is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Imagine uh, a jazzy, a jazzy number like a Frank Sinatra <laughs> style number about the thing, mm. uh, and there's also one about the predator. Um, which is so good. I <laughs> they sing in Arnold's voice. <laughs> it's like a proper musical yeah. style. Like, if it bleeds, well. we can kill it. <laughs> <laughs> I in my head the next day for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, fair play. That's that's the test, really, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, so there you go. But yeah, yeah, we played that. We had a good time. Uh, look out for that on the weekend. Uh, we didn't record our Let's Play of the Hunger because. It was supposed to be our game day where we do like lots of games, but we had a couple of hiccups which stopped us from playing, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and the hunger just went long. Yeah, that's uh, that's all we managed to squeeze out. But um, we also played uh, me. Well, me and Matt. We haven't played this together yet, but we're planning to. But me and Matt have been playing Red Dead Online. I've been playing it a lot uh, for a while now. I've convinced Matt to make an account. I think Mian has now bought it as well. Liv is buying it. I think. So the plan, the plan is to make a Dicebreaker Posse for a member's video. So if you are a member of Dicebreaker Plus, uh, our subscription service here on YouTube, you will have access to that soon. I will also note, yeah. um, we made like a comment on the uh, Dicebreaker YouTube social page. Um, you may have noticed that members' vids have been a little bit sparse recently. We had like a few that got canned with team member leaving, obviously. Um, so we're like catching up now. So you should have quite a few coming before Christmas to get us back up to date. Uh, but that will be one of them, which is very exciting. Um, mm. As well as some meet the pet videos. Uh, I'm going to be talking about my new longboard, like all that kind of stuff. Loads of cool uh, things that we like talking about, which we will be doing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, 
Matt, over to you, my friend. Yeah, I mean, the trade to play Red Dead Online was that I will finally convince you to play Final Fantasy XIV. <laughs> oh, for a God. video, I'll do oh, it for the God. content. I'll do but it for the content. But you can, as of, as of today, with the release of Envoy here, you can make a Bonnie Boy Wheels, so... Oh, <laughs> Bonnie Boy Wheels, that's they what We finally added Bonnie, Bonnie Boys. Uh, one, one day it will happen. Uh, what, what, if we, what if we all make a party of bunny people? Yeah, great. You can there play for 60. With we'll the, do it. Yeah. It's great because the original bunny women were made for the male gaze, uh, and mm. the bunny boys have been made for the male gaze. Made for the male gaze. Yeah, so it's. I will make it happen. Like, this is the, this is the trade Red Dead. But. First of all, I need to just get like headshotted a hundred times in Red Dead playing with you. You keep saying this. I've not, I've not experienced this. I think oh, I'm just terrible. Yeah, yeah no, I think I it's to the end of the tutorial, and then I'll jump in relatively fresh when we play as a team. Um, I tried to make a character that looks like me, and kept showing um, my wife and Sarah was just like, "No, it doesn't look like you." No. no. <laughs> eventually, I just kind of gave up. I was like, "Look, I'm never going to look like a rugged like cow poke like." I like the idea. So I, I just like accept it. Making like big muscular men with like jaws. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, this looks like me, right? <laughs> no, you need to make like a little towny boy. Like, thank you. you. To be wearing like a lovely little pinstripe suit and a hat and a an little mustache. Mr. Jarvis. Mr. Jarvis is off on a man about town yeah you're Uh, a man about town no instead i've got like dungarees and a flat cap so (laughs) that's fair cue banjo music yeah i've seen i've seen your flat cap carly ray jepson let's play yes yeah i did put that flat cap (laughs) um so yeah other than the hunger and the thing and well and red dead that's about what i've been up to this week to be honest played a bit of sekiro i'm bad at sekiro Mm -hmm. uh I was like, yeah, I'll give this a go. Like, it's the only Souls game I haven't completed. Oh, man. It's the hardest Oh, I'm just terrible at this. I'm just terrible. I just can't work out the parry system. I can't get my head around it. Like... It's hard because you don't really use it in like Bloodborne or Souls because you just roll around instead. So now you've got to learn this parry system. You're just like, Is that that what happens in those games? You just roll around. You know, like bugs in a rug, me. Pretty much, yeah. That, but with armor on. There are two ways to play Souls games it's either you shield everything or you roll for everything. And Bloodborne gives you no choice. It's roll or die. Yeah. Yeah. And then Sekiro is like, Wait, well, remember defending? Yeah. Remember parrying? What if you had to parry literally everything? No, yeah. is like, you know that parry thing that you see YouTubers do that you've never been able to work out? That's the whole game now. Also, learn it instantly. (laughs) There are no levels. There are no, like, you can improve some skills or gain new skills, but it doesn't really help. Yeah. Mm. It's like, it's get good or or never finish that game. And unfortunately, I am not good. Uh, Yeah, I've heard a few things about it. I've heard there's a big snake. There is a big snake. It's a beautiful yeah, game. It's a very good some game, monkeys yeah. involved. There is some monkeys, yeah. yeah. It's a big monkey. There you go. Big terrifying Ooh. monkey. Never got oh. that far, though, so... <laughs> uh, there you go. Uh, One can dream of big monkey. Right, Matt, I can see that you've written Endwalker in all caps. So let's move on to the news. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I already mentioned Endwalker. I already mentioned Endwalker. Uh, it's out today. I'm very excited. going to go to the moon with some rabbits. Excellent. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like that's all a, good a video normal games. Thing that normal people... That's a normal high fantasy thing to do. Yeah. I will say <laughs> that, that there is a Final Fantasy the 14 board game that I haven't played and I do want to oh, give it a go. It's a board game? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's the wow. Catpocked Party. 
Um, which is funny because like Cackpot in Final Fantasy XIV is basically just like a scratch card. So I don't know how they actually turn gambling? into a board game. Basically, <laughs> they do like a lottery and they do scratch cards and they cost oh, you. God, God, Final Fantasy has changed since I played it. Yeah, you can play Triple Triad though. That's pretty fun. Well, that's mm. cool. Just get beaten right, continually uh... by rabbits, so, uh, rabbits and cat what, people. What's going on with news, Matt? What is what's going, going on with news? Dice the one and only place for tabletop news, Matthew Charles. Yeah, yeah uh, I will say <laughs> in the chat, if you've got any questions uh, for us that you'd like to stick in the chat, stick them in now and we'll pull some out for the end of the show. Uh, you can yeah. also email us at podcast.dicebreaker.com. It is working again. It is working. <laughs> That's uh, again for the listeners. Podcast at dicebreaker.com. Podcast at dicebreaker.com. <laughs> Over to you, Matt. <laughs> Thanks so much, Wills. Um, now the Kaiser Chief. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, let's let's not revisit our Kaiser Chiefs talk from before the podcast. Um, right, news, oh news about drama. So they just, love, Come they on. just love crisps mm-hmm. for, for tea. I'm escaping um, the outpost from the chopper. Come on, what? Uh, well, should we talk about fake chess? Because it's it's been a yeah. relatively quiet uh, week for news, to be honest. But Alex, mean you wrote this story about fake chess, or it's like fake chess book of champions is the follow up to fake chess. I did, Which is, Your of course, Honor. the follow-up I to chess. It. I pled guilty to all charges. Yeah, uh, so uh, let's rewind time back to 2020. Oh, please, let's not. No, oh, God. No, not for real, <laughs> it's just in your brain. Um, uh, and a little RPG called Fake Chess was released. Um, this is a very interesting game. It's essentially... in sort of inspired by like the vague drama that happens around chess when people who don't know how to play chess or at least on a like a really complex level are watching other people play chess and it looks like they're amazingly good at it uh, and they're just working at like a completely uh you know different brain level from everyone else so fake chess takes this idea and makes it into an rpg where the purpose is you two people have to look like they're playing the most intense and advanced game of chess ever uh, Mm. but they're not actually playing real chess they're playing fake chess so you do actually use like a chess board and pieces and there are sort of rules around certain moves that you make but they're not like normal chess rules Uh, and there's you know so uh, there's a lot of ideas around the role play of looking impressive while playing chess um but um this week an expansion slash standalone game i never understand the difference it's more of Sometimes... a full fat game than the original release i think like yeah the, the original release is more like a jokey one page kind of thing but this is more like a big you know it's got playbooks and all kinds of stuff mm. yeah um so uh, what will said there playbooks is very important uh mm-hmm. so uh, this um Fake chess book of champions adds essentially classes. That's the best way I can describe them. Uh, roles that you you can play that are inspired by various famous depictions of chess players, um, both real and fictional. Uh, so, for example, there is one that is very much clearly inspired by Anna Taylor Joy's character from The Queen's Gambit, mm-hmm. because you look very <clears throat> sort of. I'm not bothered by what's going on here. Uh, and also you try and sort of mess with your opponent in the similar way that 
she does in Queen's Gambit. And there's also other roles you can play, such as um, like a, a Russian, because Russians are notorious for their being very, very good at chess. Um, you can even play as Death. Well, oh, yeah, they, like Seven Silver. Really? Yeah, like yeah. Seven Silver. So one of my one of my favorite things on the itch page is they have all of these mm. fake screenshots. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> so they've got the Seventh Seal and it's Death saying, "Why do you want to play fake chess with me?" They've got fake chess master on the on the Game Boy. Uh, nice. They've got the characters passing each other a book that says "fake chess" on it in the Queen's Gambit. Like it's yeah, it's the marketing <laughs> top. Exactly. Is there yeah. one now? Question: Is there one based on? Is it Gerald? Like Gerald's game, the Pixar short that was before Toy Story? I think Gerald's yeah. game. Gerald's, Gerald's game, game is, is the no, Stephen King yeah. horror <laughs> about a woman being it's someone's game. Face. It's someone's game, but I can't remember what. Not Gerald, I think. Um, <laughs> I mean, a very different. Time. It's the old guy who keeps swapping <laughs> positions, and he's playing against himself. Yeah, we we know. I have right. not seen it. No, I don't know. Uh, I know. <laughs> it was uh, pretty sure it was released alongside the Bog's Life, which was a very. Oh, maybe it was Bog's Life. Oh, that was a long um, Bog's Yeah, it was. Uh, there's a film. Now there's yeah. art. Jerry's there's game. Art. Sorry, Jerry's, Jerry's game. Close. Yeah, very, not yeah. Gerald's game. <laughs> Uh, Toy well, Story. Mm, okay, never mind. Uh, don't worry. He made. Anyway, he later made a cameo in Toy Story Two. That's what this right, Wikipedia okay. page tells me. <laughs> Look, I started to finish. I remember the old chess guy in Toy Story Two. There you yeah. go. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, I don't know if he's in it, <laughs> but the creator did uh, has done some other really good stuff, such as um, Our Ladies of Safe Harbor. A Brindlewood Bay mystery, which I've heard lots of really good things about, mm. which is a horror-style RPG about being elderly women mm. trying to fight off against Cthulhu-esque monsters. It's amazing. Um, it's very, yeah. uh, very what's her name? God, Agatha, her Christ- name? Agatha Christie inspired. Sure, yeah, there she but is. with Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> um, it is available. So, Fake Chess Book of Champions. You can get it now from. Uh, uh, the, an itch.io <laughs> Does anyone else call it itch? From Sean Kane! I call it itch.io No, always itch. I call it itch. I like calling it itch.io, it's fun. Well, you're wrong! Itch.io! Yeah. What else is in the news? I'd like to, that? like, I would like to play fake chess. I don't know about all of you, but I like chess, but I am very, very bad at chess. Me too, yeah. Uh, whereas Sarah, Sarah, like, learned, I think her granddad taught her as she was growing up, so she knew actual moves and stuff like that. And I was just like, I know how the pieces move, and then it all well, falls apart from we, there. We did that. I remember video. 3D chess on the PC. Oh, mm. God, yeah. With oh, the animated pieces. Well. Yeah. yeah. I, I just That's remember we did, that, we did that video on the channel. Where, it was back when it was uh, Lodi's and Johnny. Um, and Johnny did this move where they like, they called it castling or something. And I was like, mm. is that is that legal? What are you I doing? Like, yeah, you yeah I was like, what? you've just moved your own piece through another piece. I don't understand. No one taught me about this. <laughs> yeah. I felt like I was being like... Uh, had. Yeah, I was being had. It's being scammed, is what it felt like. Um, but yeah, are you a are you a big chess head, Emma? Uh, so I used to play as a kid because my mum used to play chess, like as a like casually as a hobby sort of thing. So we used to play. I know I used to play as growing up. I couldn't tell you any of the moves. No, like, I can tell you the Queen's I Gambit. Say that. 
Oh, yeah. what's the Queen's Gambit? It's a great show. The book's also great. Yeah. Recommend reading the book. Um, but yeah, that's it. I can name any of the moves. And I played 3D je- uh, chess on the PC, which, which had animated fun. chess pieces, which was much more fun. Yeah, much nice. more fun. Uh, on MS DOS or whatever. Star Wars chess. Yeah, is oh, there I one that's that. like multiple levels as well? And you can move like, as well as horizontally and vertically, you can move mm. like literally vertically well, up and down levels. There's also that like multi-dimensional chess on Steam where you can yeah. like go back to a previous timeline and break it off and all that is kind this, of stuff. that gauge game called Bad Chess or something like that? I remember playing chess that. as well. And then being very, very bad at it. Isn't chess that is great. Bad at Bad Chess. Bad at Bad Chess. Chess is where you have... Uh, like two teams of like you would black and white but they're all random pieces mm-hmm. they're mirrored so everyone's got the same thing but you only know what the random piece does when you click on it and once you've clicked on it you have to move it oh, so that's, like that's you're, terrible. you're Ooh, both that's learning how the board oh, works as you play and you have to pay attention to what the other person's doing because it's like okay that's what that that's what that piece mm. is alright that one moves in an X formation <laughs> sounds yeah. traumatic oh it, it looks great I want to give it a go I wish it was <laughs> I wish it was uh, easy to play multiplayer, to be honest, because I think it is maybe just solo. But anyway, um, but yeah, there's chess, Matt. We yeah, have yeah, another... we'll play chess again. Yeah, we have another story here, but I, I think I think we should uh, we should definitely play fake chess together because yeah. uh, I think it would have the same vibe as our crocodile playthrough. <laughs> yes, and if it can make me look good at chess, I'm all for it. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I think I learned to play chess with like a Phantom Menace chess set that had like oh, all the plastic wow. like busts of the characters so it's like Jar Jar Binks's for bishops yeah my so. dad has this like Napoleon Napoleon war oh wow one. nice yeah which is like in it's in like styrofoam on a thing because it's like wow. modelled or whatever yeah I think I think my dad has a Lord of the Rings based one classic oh yeah cool. yeah which is I think is pretty cool but got Sauron for a king Classic. Yeah, yeah. He is king. Part of why I wish I was good at chess because chess sets are so like beautiful to look at. They're lovely, aren't they? It's like I wish I was good at this. Yeah, get Neffle Tap. I can enjoy this more than just looking at it and going, "Yes, chess." Get Neffle Tap. One day I'll play. That looks really pretty, but also is easier to play. (laughs) But I'm also probably still bad at it. Yeah. Uh, Yes. The other the other news story I pulled uh, is from our wonderful news reporter Chase who looked into the new community uh, license for Cortex Prime, which is like a, a genre-agnostic RPG. So it's kind of designed to be this flexible system uh, that you can use with whatever you like. Uh, I would recommend folks go and read Chase's story because it goes into a lot more detail than we can do here on this podcast. Um, but in short, Fandom, which is the company that owns Cortex Prime, uh, basically put out some licensing uh, guidelines that said... Uh, hey, if you create anything using our system, we will own that. Uh, which obviously saw ah. quite a lot of uproar mm-hmm. from the designer community and from from the community in general. Because, yeah, it was it was suggesting that any creators who take the kind of toolkit that they provide and create something original on top of it will then just see their creations kind of subsumed under mm. this company, which is so um, like an- antithetical to the to the way that RPGs work, like. The pretty like ninety percent of RPGs, apart from D and D and and this, you know, are, are basically just like you know, hack it, make make third party content for it. As long as you're not like infringing on my intellectual property and stuff like that, it's fine, mm. you know. And D and D has like the OSL, the open source license, so yeah. people are able yeah. to create stuff. It's then just obviously beholden to various like yeah. legal 
things so they can't like add to the law of DD, but they can use the mechanical framework and things mm, like that yeah. so like you say it's it's a pretty common practice in the world of rpgs that people create a system and then turn that into a number of different games mm. but i think as, as chase kind of rightly points out in this story um one of the contributing factors to this could be that uh cortex prime has been used for a number of like licensed games at this point so obviously as corporations move in and kind of give their like existing ip to these companies who then make rpgs based on them they it seems that they're kind of starting to lock down some of the licensing perhaps because of uh ip holders who are like hey we don't want our stuff to go and get nicked as well like we don't want other creators to feel like they can suddenly use like our ip as well as yours um but in general so like i say i would recommend folks go and read chase's piece because it goes into a lot of detail but um reached out to fandom and fandom basically said they said it was kind of a, a poorly worded explanation of what they were trying to go for and the 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 aim with this cortex prime system is to be almost like an additive system so the idea is that at least the way they tell it they're not trying to take creations off of designers they are just trying to create this kind of rolling system of like if someone creates something cool someone else can potentially then take that and create something cool off of it um and a lot of this ties into an upcoming uh store or platform uh through a lot through which a lot of these kind of fan made and designer made um mods as they call them will be available however that doesn't exist yet and the wording they put out was very bad let's mm. say so yeah before we see that, it's kind of hard to judge whether they are trying to save face because of the uh, very negative reaction to this, or whether it is just a like a good intention, very poorly uh, executed kind of thing. But I pulled this because we've seen quite a few things around licensing and IP uh, kind of rights recently. We've obviously seen Games Workshop crack down on the Warhammer side over the summer where they said like, hey, you can't make any fan-made live action stuff anymore or fan-made animations. Um, we saw Critical Role recently kind of have to clarify around smaller creators that use um, like elements of Critical Role in fan art and things like that. Uh, they had to kind of say like, hey, yeah, we're not trying to squash out small creators. Because obviously a lot of those communities is built yeah. on the backs of people that take like, what are fantastic creations? You know, like Warhammer, fantastic creation, like the world of Critical Role, fantastic thing. But people that take that and make their own art from it. Um, so, yeah, I, I expect we'll see more of this, but it also feels in many ways like a kind of a turning point for the industry where it's trying to grapple with coming from a small kind of niche hobby supported mm. by a very devoted fan base that go out and create things like this mm. and becoming this kind of rolling like multi-million dollar you know um yeah industry that has you know movie licenses and comic licenses and all sorts floating around um so yeah it it feels like there's going to be there's going to be more of this as we go forward and uh almost <clears throat> certainly some of it's not going to be particularly friendly towards smaller creators as is the way when corporations get involved yeah. Thanks, okay. capitalism. Fun <laughs> times. <laughs> uh, hey, maybe if you want to create something like create your own RPG, maybe go and seek out like lasers and feelings or mm -hmm. something like that, like a, a different system that isn't as wrapped up in, you know, 
at the very best vague tease about whether you'll actually own the thing that you've made yeah mm. i mean there's there's a lot of systems out there that if you wanted to use them like powered by the apocalypse fought in the dark like all that kind of stuff are under creative commons like it's just yeah yeah it's it's just it just seems very stupid and it, and and especially to the point where someone could make a game that is very similar to cortex prime and not credit them at all and that there's not really mm. much legal ground that they have to stand on to stop them like it's I don't think there's much of a space in there where it's like, uh, in fact, we invented dice rolling, so I'm not sure you can uh, take that for yourself. Yeah, you see this very occasionally in board games because mechanics can't be trademarked, mm. but mm. specific rules wording can be because you can trademark rules, but you can't necessarily trademark concepts apart from that time that Wizards of the Coast trademarked tapping. Mm. And then everyone else had to come up with a yeah. different word for turning cards 90 degrees. Yeah. And then everyone realized that exhausting is a better way of saying it anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to say that has expired now, that trademark. I can't remember if they renewed it or not. Uh, probably has. I'd be, I'd be surprised if it's still around. Yeah, I feel like I've seen What's it. What's tends to be pretty, pretty particular, but... Yeah. I, yeah. It's like that... Um, do you remember when it came out that the... Uh, that it was patented by someone um, to have little mini games during loading in video games. Mm, yeah. uh, and I think mm. either that expired at some point recently or like, you know, it was like, yeah, no, we've wanted to do this, but we can't because someone has the legal right to that idea or whatever. It's wow. very stupid. Yeah. Um, that's where you get all those like flip around a model, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah, ways of keeping, keeping people engaged whilst uh, waiting for their game to load. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's it as a quick news roundup. Uh, other things on the site you should go and read. Me and you spoke to Molly Zeff, um, who's a designer of flying and publisher of Flying Leap Games, uh, about kind of trying to get some smaller publishers together to deal with the ongoing shipping crisis that the board game industry has been hit by. Uh, that's a really good read. Uh, Tom Anna wrote about an anti-Semitism in board games, kind of like the dark history of um, yeah, just games created created to further like very <laughs> just hateful ideologies in like mm. a very like, in a weirdly mundane <laughs> in the weirdly mundane form of a board game these just like awful awful um yeah, philosophies yeah. And so on. Um, but it's a really interesting piece um and yeah like always always relevant in the world that we live in um but yeah i would go and recommend face check that out let's move on to this week's segment uh which is ahead of uh i mentioned it earlier there's strixhaven a a curriculum of chaos. It's a curriculum, a curriculum not curriculum. Chaos, yeah. Um, Why? <laughs> I made that mistake numerous times when writing it. <laughs> uh, coming out for D and D five e. So this is, gosh, what is it now? Like the third or fourth crossover with a magic poem uh, that they've done. Uh, officially, Ravnica. it's the third because yeah. you had Ravnica, you had um, Theros. Theros, which was earlier this year, and then you've got this one. Uh, which is strict saving. Yeah, yeah. Which is no <laughs> way related with another IP that involves wizards and schools. Yeah, mm. not in the slightest. No, not at all. Yeah, <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, and it's, I think it's out next week. I want to say. Yeah, um, it's next week. Um, because it was delayed because there's a load of shipping issues, so it was put back a few weeks. Yeah. But I believe it's out next week. Yes, there is. It's, yeah. uh, there is a different release date for the US and UK. So mm. I believe US, it's out next week early next week i think uk is later maybe even the week after oh uh, yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> brexit, yeah. brexit. We just keep winning <laughs> <laughs> just keep uh, but 
to, to, to mark the occasion, uh, we figured that we would chat about like, kind of the other settings that we'd like to see D&D explore, whether, they, whether they're from Magic, whether they're from another game, or whether they're just from something else, but kind Our of existing worlds, because it feels more and more, like and you mentioned earlier, um, like things are just crossing over, particularly Wizards of yeah. the Coast are just, like it feels like Magic and D&D are becoming like the Fortnite of yeah. tabletop games. Funny like, you yeah. should say that. <laughs> yes. Fortnite's getting yeah. magic cards as well. Right. <laughs> there be magic Fortnite cards. Yeah. And there's like Next Warhammer year. cards coming. There's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you've got Street coming. Fighter as well. Street Fighter that you've had Walking Dead, which went really well for them. Mm. And uh, then you had Stranger <laughs> Things, which came out a couple of months ago. Oh, yeah. God. So it just feels it's crazy. Yeah. Everything is a metaverse now. Yeah. Um, it's great. <laughs> we, we live in the age of everything is yeah. one and the same. Why create um, art when you can just reference previously created art? <laughs> and speaking of referencing previously created art, <laughs> that's what we're going to do by telling you what they should put in the next D&D Metaverse D&D book. So. so. Here's so. the big problem, right? Can yeah. we just get the get this out? I'm just going to get this out on the floor right now. Uh, I don't. I'm not really a huge fan of the D and D system. No. Yeah, yeah. And I it's would rather. Confident. This is the caveat. I'd rather have any setting be used with any other RPG system than D and D. Tell you what. Let so me, now that we've got that, out, let me yeah. reframe this for you, Mian. <laughs> what like is that. the one setting that, if D and D had the sole rights to it? is the only reason you'd play D&D, you know? Like, okay, it's like, cool. I don't like D&D, but this is the only way that I can play an RPG yeah. with Look, This is how I made this segment work in a timely fashion. <laughs> I'm not necessarily saying that D&D is going to be the best system for these things. I mean, they put, didn't they put out a Hellboy book that's built on D&D? And mm. it's like, oh my God. Have you Why? read Hellboy? Have you seen how, like, yeah. it just feels like such a strange... Yeah. Combining of system and, and theme, but does anyone have an immediate answer? I, I was gonna say this isn't necessarily a one, but I feel like there will be a day where like Fortnite D D setting is a thing. Oh, yeah. It's inevitable because that conversation like, is already law, happening. You know, like yeah. is there no? Oh what? yeah. Oh yeah, god, there's yeah. The, there's, the pin, there's the pinata thing. The llama or alpaca. Thing. I, I just think of Viva Pinata. Yeah, that's what they should put in D and D. That's what they should do. You know, you know how like they'll be like, "Look, it's Master Chief and Kratos." You know, that's right. like an in-universe mm. event. Oh, whoa, whoa! Oh, yeah, isn't there someone from Naruto skin. now like, as well? Yes, Naruto, there is. Yes, there Naruto is. Naruto is part of the Fortnite canon. That's okay, not so... as is Ellen Ripley from. <laughs> <laughs> how do they explain? And Thanos. Well, they're they're having like this multiverse. No. Like, How do they explain the concerts and everything? Is it like Smash Brothers? Like, they just all turn up and that's it. <laughs> they just yeah. got in for a fight. Does, yeah. does that mean? Does that mean Ariana Grande is also? Yeah. 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 yeah just like Grande Dua Lipa just... is in the FIFA universe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that makes sense. Though, well. like you know, put oh, whoever in Smash, like put Seal in Smash. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's going to become that. Danny DeVito in Smash. I oh think, my god, Danny Rio. I, yeah, I think that's that's <laughs> not like me saying, oh, I can't wait. This is me saying, oh god, it's, it's coming. It's, I can feel it's it inevitable. in my bones. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's my immediate offering. As far as like 
things what I would want, like though? I would like to play. Uh, good question. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I will say we spoke about it earlier. There is not a, there is not an official Final Fantasy tabletop RPG, and that series is this. like rooted in like classic fantasy, particularly yeah, classic those early yeah. and has so much lore and so many kind of like concepts of classes and so on. Just so yeah. be perfect. <laughs> there, are, there are some incredible fan-made RPGs and they capture the turn-based nature of it really well. Mm. But I feel like it's just calling out for someone, I mean, calling out for Square Enix to finally realise that there's money <laughs> yeah. in the table there. Like, there was a card game for a while. Mm, the card game's good. To be honest, like the way that Final Fantasy works as a video game probably does make it a good yeah. fit for D&D because it, obviously mm. there's, a, there's like turn-based combat, <laughs> D&D is turn-based combat, there's a lot of like... I wouldn't be surprised if someone's on a homebrew of Final yeah, Fantasy, I mean, eggs D&D, person. has yeah, to be, probably. right? Um, so yeah, no, that's a that's a good, that's a good um, choice, Matt Jarvis. Thank you. then you you could play as a bunny boy. I'm actually a cat girl <laughs> in Final Fantasy 14, but I'll take, <laughs> I'll take oh, okay. a bunny boy. For the love of God. <laughs> Uh, right, so here's my offering. Oh goodness! So ear um, up, especially now that we've got <laughs> now that we've got brand new mod in the chat, Paolo, who is a big AW fan. I think it's time oh, to. to <laughs> um, there is in the AW roster a wrestler called Brandon Cutler, and he is the dungeon master. And mm. when he walks nice. out to his music, he rolls initiative on a D20 on stage before getting into the game. <laughs> now, recently that he has been That determines how he can move. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> is that his <laughs> But, uh, giving, given that that link is already there, and over the pandemic, the AEW cast started a D&D podcast uh, in which Brandon Cutler GM'd, I think nice. the, ca- like, the cast and stories of the All Elite Wrestling universe... <laughs> Blending into the D and D verse mm-hmm. is not necessarily outside the realms of existence and possibility. You know? <laughs> I mean, you've got a lot of wrestlers who are a bit like Xavier Woods and the Moon. Like they've all played D and D as well. So I feel like and they're all pl- they're all gamers. There. They're all weebs. You know, like I think it would work. <laughs> I think it would work really well. D and D's cool now. Yeah, Everyone's exactly. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so what? Um... You, how would this book work? Would it be like all so, the different wrestlers are different? I think I think like, you you would basically have classes um, sort of built around you know like the face characters, and then the heel characters would be enemies to face up against. <laughs> so wow. there would be there would be an MJF <gasps> stat block, you know. <laughs> could you and could then, you have a chair and his equipment and a table? Yeah, absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. Slam people. Why have fifty? Money in the bank of the gold. Why have fifty foot of hemp and rope when you can have a fake aluminium chain that you whip people with? Uh, <laughs> you know why? Why a bat? Yeah. Why have? Yeah. Uh, why have? I don't know, uh, a bag of holding when you can have a bag of tax, you know? Like, there's <laughs> there's so many great... Mm, put Cactus Jack in Deadlands, is all <laughs> I ask. As long as, as long as I could have a spell that makes, that allows me to make a snake magically appear. <gasps> yeah, 100%. Yeah. Then, or, or then, like, yeah. you could come Jake out the of the st- ring, you know, or... Mm. Uh... Jake the Snake is a literal snake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I, I think uh yeah, I think there's there's something there. There's uh there's definitely like getting the finishing moves and stuff as like mm. abilities yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Like it's it's easy money, guys. It's easy money. Get it done. Get it done. <laughs> Don't do it with WWE because that'll be even worse. <laughs> That'd be terrible. 
Uh, Emma, do you have uh, an idea of what you would so, like in a D&D setting? So what I would like, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to suggest Warhammer 40k slash Age of Sigma, mm-hmm. purely because you just got all that really good lore already. And I imagine transferring that into D&D would be quite easy. It could be a thing. I'm not sure. I don't think it's a thing, like Warhammer roleplay, but... Oh, that would be much Yeah, no, there's... Yeah. There's Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Age of Sigmar has uh, Soulbound. Soulbound. And 40k has. Wrath and Glory. Wrath and Glory. Uh, <laughs> right, okay. A very 40k name. Yeah, so yeah, like, the precedent. Two, like ominous sounding. <laughs> yeah. The precedent is there. The and also, next. Much like Fortnite, Magic the Gathering is a metaverse. You know, like there's. Oh, yeah, it is now. Absolutely. Yeah, like you are a planeswalker, right? You walk around different planes mm-hmm. of existence. And therefore. Uh, if MTG is canonically linked to D and D, then Warhammer 40k is already part of the D and D universe. This is therefore it. a setting exactly. book is Street not Fighter outside as the well. realms of possibility. Mm. <laughs> Same with like Street Fighter and Stranger Things. Exactly. It wouldn't surprise me when they had made these deals that D and D was is in the equation as well as Magic the Gathering. So, yeah. so there you go. Expect Chun Li to be a planeswalker, folks. Yeah, or mm. uh, <laughs> a, and Ken? an eight foot tall custard cream. So there you go. <laughs> Whoa, what? There's there's a faction called the Custodes, which are like uh, or custodies or whatever. But they're, they're yeah, yeah, they're lovingly nicknamed custard creams. Um, yeah, oh, it's about the only like... good thing about them, to be honest. But yeah, <laughs> they're not very good otherwise. Yeah, and they're part of uh, the Imperium of Man, who suck. So, uh, so yeah. there you go. Tell you what, uh, I'd like as we. Uh, let's, maybe, let's maybe do like one more age, but I tell you what, Divinity uh, oh, Original excuse Sin. Excuse me. Hello. Hello. Sorry, Hello. Megan, have you not done one yet? <laughs> oh, Matt, <laughs> darling. I'm so sorry, Megan. I'm so, so sorry. Rude. That was very rude. Megan, please go. You, cu- you custard cream. I'm sorry. <laughs> you I actually love custard them. cream, How so that is nothing but a compliment. <laughs> I do you love a tea. custard cream. Yeah. Yeah, the best. Um, yeah, so <clears throat> I'm going to do my serious one if we're going to do another one afterwards. So I'll do my serious one now. Ooh, I need to I do actually... another one. I actually wrote an article about this on the dicebreaker.com website. You can go and see it right now. Um, Mass Effect. Let's talk about Mass Effect. Ooh, good chat. Let's talk about Mass Effect. Uh, Mass Effect is one of the greatest universes ever created. Uh, I'll just lay it out there. Agreed. Uh, Firstly, I think Mass Effect deserves better than D&D. So if I did have exactly what I want, then it would not be D&D. Um, it would be something a lot more character role playing driven. However, I mean, Mass Effect is basically lasers and feelings, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Are... <laughs> it's already there. The already exists. So there are some Mass fun. And effect. <laughs> <laughs> there are some fun fan made RPGs based on Mass Effect out there, and some of them are actually quite good. How many of them um... are just like the romancing side of Mass Effect? Yeah, this is I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why many of them, When you say RPG, do you just mean Garrus body pillows? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want that Fane one. Oh my god, they just announced it. Anyway, um, essentially, I feel like Mass Effect is getting a revival at the moment because the remaster mm. came out, which is very mixed mm-hmm. um, and very glitchy. New uh, game, however, new TV show. Yeah, everyone's forgotten so, about the yeah, TV show. Well. Everyone's forgotten about Jordan. Um, <laughs> I've forgotten. Um, I'll never forget. <laughs> it's a bag, anyway. Um, so, like the the IP is in people's minds at the moment, 
what better time than to have an official role-playing game, please? Of Mass Effect, obviously on the D&D setting. Uh, I feel like that would make it more akin to the original Mass Effect, because mm. the original mm. Mass Effect had the most like connection to classic tabletop RPGs, because that was when Bioware was still kind of making those very, like, yeah, very sort of crunchy style RPGs well, where yeah, you had been... about... Neverwinter Nights and yeah, yeah. Like, oh, Icewind Dale and yeah, yeah. 100%. Mm, um, the game uh, Mass Effect, the game where you just had a hundred different pistols and they all did slightly <laughs> yeah. better, some of them slightly yeah. better damage. So you're like, oh, I'm going to quit. My favourite thing was in Mass Effect Two. Rich and only Joe. Like, Ammo exists now. Don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah. get me wrong. What they did in Mass Effect Two to stream like that experience is definitely what I prefer. Yeah. But um, yeah. no, yeah, a Mass Effect D and D setting where you've got all the different species. Uh, you can play whatever you like. You don't have to play a human. Uh, and you just go on great space adventures across the galaxy. And it's got all that fantastic lore, like a lot of lore. And because technically, uh, you know, Andromeda takes place in a different like system entirely, like, um, which gave it so much potential. And yet, <laughs> and yet what they did with it. We, um, we haven't got time to talk about Andromeda. <laughs> <laughs> um, that means that they could just expand on it with like, oh, here's another space system. Mm. These these people exist. So that's what I want. Right, Matt Jarvis. That's fair. Now yeah, I, you can... I agree. Like Mass Effect has one of the like richest veins of like lore as a video game, right? You can see it. Yeah. They did a Dragon yeah. Age tabletop RPG. I can't remember the system that it. But... It's, um... Really? Oh my goodness, I know this. Well, that's good, because if I play a Come Dragon back to Age me RPG, that. I, can, I can pretend that Inquisition, Inquisition never happened. Uh, and the Dragon Age <laughs> Sorry, no, 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 let's roll back here. How dare you? No. <laughs> Come at me, You mean Dragon Age 2, right? Thing. That's the one you forget. Dragon Age 2, nothing wrong with Dragon Age 2. Dragon Age 1 was the best of the series. Inquisition, <laughs> uh, horrendous... Awful piece of crap. This is it. This is a separate podcast. Yeah, we need to move away. I don't care for any of them. Anyway, I would like a Divinity Original Sin. I feel like, so, um, Larian Studio, the the developers of Divinity Original Sin, they did Baldur's Gate 3, which is literally (laughs) D&D. Yes, they're currently still doing. Um, Mm. But I feel like, actually, Divinity Original Sin has, like, a really fun world. It does, that is, yeah. That is basically D and D. I mean, let's be real. When they made that game, it was like his Baldur's Gate. We couldn't get the license. Yeah, essentially, that'll be like another <laughs> ten years till we get that. But I actually really like the some. Sometimes it oversteps like, but I generally like the tone and the world of Original mm. Sin, like all the Magister's stuff and the source and that kind of thing. And it just it easily lends itself because that gameplay is obviously just mm. built around like classic role playing. But you mm-hmm. can then add in something new with the kind of reactions between different elements and so on and then you can you can be fain the the skeleton man who gets the killed by poison fame, yeah the, the he's great not good yeah. i would romance that fame he's not he's um, not a bad thing he's not fame but he's not he's, he's not a bad thing he's a skeleton um, man that heals from poison i'm sorry he's yes. not, he's footain <laughs> rather than footain so yeah. Yeah, yeah legally distinct um, i'll tell you what he well, is he's fine <laughs> uh, I put this to you, Matt Jarvis. Hello. I disagree. I think <laughs> the world of divinity is very boring. <laughs> in fact, the law and the world of divinity is the worst part of it, aside from the terrible difficulty scaling. 
Um, here we see the uh, yeah. Now, now you're getting. Here we see the yeah. crumbling foundations of Mia's so, opinions in RPG video games. No. <laughs> this is um, your, this I... is your god. <laughs> uh, what's that god? I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, um, I I agree that I think the gameplay system in Divinity works really well with D and D because it's basically D and D, but it adds some. I do like the way the elements play with it. That's pretty cool. That's the best part of the game. However. If you asked me to tell you what happens in in either Divinity Original Sin or Divinity Original Sin 2, I, I would okay, be able I to can, tell no, you very I can't. I can kind of agree with you Thanks there, but I think the world itself has like a lot of potential, but they just don't like the smaller like moments are more memorable, right? It's like the overarching thing is like, oh, I don't know, like you're over on the run from Magisters, like you escape off an island. But I feel like the world itself, like with source stuff and magisters, like that has the potential to be more interesting. Some of it's all right, but uh, it's I still, like the Red Prince. The Red Prince is cool than the D and D worlds. Like it's, I feel I like mean, D&D yeah, worlds are just generic fantasy. Like at least they did a bit. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. Like, I, okay, so I, so yeah, it would fit. But then there you go. It would fit very well as a D&D world <laughs> <laughs> because it's basically on the same level of interesting. Yeah. But um, I do, I do agree. I feel like, yeah, the the overarching plot is not not the best part of that game. But give it to players, and they can make their own good plot. I I do like the woman who talks about the cheeses. Oh yeah, and I like I like the cheese the woman. Yeah, and I like in the first one the woman who's like red and orange, yeah. yellow, green. in the towns and hearing like the same seven it's, voice lines over and over again. Give to in, in Driftwood when that ye, one woman ye. walks around the same four shots. Yes, I know exactly the When you just talking. stood there trying to sort your inventory and she won't stop talking. Oh, God, yeah. Right, what else have we got? Uh, I think, should we, should we move into some questions? Because we're... Uh, oh, yeah, can do. Yeah, yeah we're, sure. we're getting on. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. We've got uh, quite a few questions. Uh, Wills, would you like to read this one from another dummy user? Absolutely. Uh, question for later, which is now question for now. Uh, <laughs> question for now. <laughs> if you were a chess piece, which piece would you be and why from another dummy user? Great question. Thank you very much for that. Um, I think I would be uh, one of the... What's the castle called again? Rook. The Rook. The Rook. Rook. The Rook. Thank you, Zoe, and thank you, everyone on the podcast. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, I think I'd be the Rook for, for a couple of reasons. One, basically do nothing for most of the game. Uh, just sort of sat Not there true. waiting to get the glory at the end. You know, got a lot of pawns to get out before you start using me. Um, second, uh, I liken it to, to how I play football whenever I play football, which is I just sort of run down the side a bit and someone kicks me the ball every 10 minutes or so way, yeah. and I yeah, screw it up. Um, and third of all, castles are cool. <laughs> they are cool. They are cool. Yeah, mm. as am I. So there you go. There, I think I'd be all right. Uh, all right. Um, M, what are you thinking? Uh, I'd probably go with a knight because mm-hmm. you always get to do that cool play at the start where you jump over the pawns. Very excitable. Plus horses are good. Very excitable, Keen and I like horses. So, <laughs> yeah. Night turns that into a win. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, let's not be about the rush here. I think we all know I'll be the queen. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> I am a queen. Here we go. Yeah. I think bishop for you, man. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I bishop? Very, very pointy. Very devout. Like very. <laughs> 
queen's a noble as well. Yeah, but a queen is noble, whereas a bishop is like you know ideas. What? What are you trying? To, what is that? <laughs> Listeners can't can't see that. I, I feel like a, explain what that is. I can, I can kind of see that a bishop is probably a closer representation of like your your a very mean RPG character. Uh, which is basically Darily Dunkers from our quest playthrough, like that kind of like, like Victorian esque. Yeah, exactly. Like a queen. Who is the most well-known queen? Queen Victoria. Rest like <laughs> I am a queen. You can't take this away from me. Isn't the okay. most well-known I... queen RuPaul? <laughs> I think in the modern day setting. Um, mm. And last but not Come least, on, my Matt. Jarvis. Uh, obviously a pawn. <laughs> <laughs> Such a low opinion of yourself. Uh, you know, a fan of simple pleasures, easily dispendable. <laughs> Come on. Uh, well, what? Maybe you're so, king. Rook's gone, Knight's gone, the Queen. Um, yeah, we have, gone. We have feel, used up most of the options here. Yeah, I'm not so high minded. <laughs> there isn't that many when you think about it. I mean, I will say, I will say, the, the king, the king, kings don't do a heck of a lot. <laughs> oh, thanks. But then. <laughs> No, but they're leaders. We need them, right? <laughs> I don't know. You're, 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 you know, saying you're a pawn. Maybe right? Matt likes being shouted checkmate like at him as well. Yeah, the king is like a step above the pawn <laughs> in terms of like isn't it's it, a pawn. Isn't it that if a pawn gets all the way to the other side of the board, they turn into whatever you want? So they get whatever another. You, you get a piece back. Yeah. 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 There you go. Okay. So Matt's yeah. Matt's playing that end game. That's why. Yeah, I love <laughs> Avengers. Um, <laughs> I feel like Paul, like I feel like I'm a good kind of like jack of all trades in a lot of situations. It's like I'm. I would like to think of myself as relatively dependable, and also <laughs> I only attack diagonally. So, <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. Um, uh, M, are you in this document? Would you like to read the one from Aaron Winmide on the bottom? Uh, yes. So, what is your favourite character slash NPC you've created in a role playing game, and why did you love them? Um, Very difficult. Um, this is a tough one. Um, so, I'm probably going to go with one of my D and D characters from Storm's King Thunder campaign. Um, so, it was a bard called Bait because they always got in trouble, <laughs> uh, um, and they were a halfling. And every bard, like a bard has to play an instrument. That's part of their like, proficiency. It's part of their role. Um, so as a halfling, I picked a um, a lute, a human-sized lute, but played it as a, a double bass. Nice. Beautiful. That's great. It's quite fun. That would be mine. I like, and I feel like uh, people at home will agree. I think the, my best character I've ever made is Robert Okoff. And I... Robert Okoff. It, it, it is upsetting that... <laughs> I have uh, not been able to play this him for so long. For anyone who's not aware, we have a crossover D&D series that, that we are planning to bring back um, with Eurogamer, where I play as a warforged called Robert O'Cop. Uh, he is he is uh, an ex-police robot who is, who is trying to uh, seek jurisdiction in the world. And he can smell crime. Um, yeah, he's just... It's just fantastic. I just speak like a Dalek when I play him. He's great. <laughs> what, you can't get upstairs? Yeah. <laughs> Matt, I mean, the thing is, people are like Tim, Tim the Goblin. Tim the Goblin is a very special friend. Mm -hmm. 
that people fell that people fell in love with. And the funny thing about Tim the Goblin is that he was he was kind of made as a joke. Like <laughs> all the best characters are. Yeah, it was a joke that we made on a train journey on the way back from EGX. And we were like, okay, what's the most smelliest, sort of grimiest little <laughs> character we can make? Oh, it's Tim the Goblin. And then it kind of went way beyond than I ever expected it to do. Um, the thing is, I did some lovely things to Tim the Goblin. But I don't know if Tim the Goblin is the best character I've ever played. Because um, Tim the Goblin was a very simple creature <laughs> there wasn't a huge amount of potential for like character growth there really i think there was a little bit but... i think we missed a trick by not doing the original plan which is to mm. have tim the goblin be so disgusting and, and greasy uh and common filth <laughs> that he accidentally became like an avatar of uh chaotic demon oh god. Yes! Yeah. yeah tim was originally going to be like of like a, a warlock or something wasn't he mm. where he was going to be like he he was worshipping like a god of sports. But then we were like, actually, let's make him cute. A good boy. <laughs> a good boy. But, um, I don't know, like, I've done some better role play with other characters. Like, uh, to be honest, the, the character I'm playing right now for the Avatar RPG, I really like uh, that this is our, our session that we're playing where Chase is GMing because, like, we've actually done some really great character development and role play there hmm. um i will give a shout out to one of my favorite mps npcs sorry that i've ever played which is <laughs> wills and matt do you remember that it was actually about this time last year when we did the raven loft um, oh, yes. and then i played Estrad, <laughs> and the accent i did was incredible um, and you got killed with wonky. a piss sword, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah! Okay, killed with piss sword. I still remember the bit when... <laughs> I think I had bats. Bats were, like, carrying food in, weren't they? Yeah. And then I think I still remember the bit where <laughs> he's, like, yelling at the bats or something for, for dropping dropping food or something like that. But um, I do... <laughs> remember your your sort of baffled faces when i started doing that um yeah there you go matt Jarvis. yeah i forgot npcs were part of it uh, mm. also the uh, the big bad that i had in the lasers and feelings game we did with oxbox was very fun as well the guy who couldn't get his skype camera to work okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, for me i i miss more boss i do miss more boss from dungeon breaker i enjoyed more boss a lot uh, mm. It was just like it was a very fun character to play because he was basically just a grouch. Uh, but then he had he had some nice moments with uh, Fizz and and so on. Wow! Uh, yeah, Tum Tumblr agrees. <laughs> uh, shout out to Tumblr, Fizz boss. Tumblr, we are aware <laughs> of you. Fizz boss. <laughs> I uh, regret yeah. to inform you that we are aware of you. <laughs> we see you. Um, but I also I I think maybe my favorite character is the one that I'm actually playing in our avatar run through uh who is called pan and she is just an earthbender and she is like a 12 year old i think 12 year old like earthbender who's just like she wants to just do good in the world but she's maybe not quite sure how to do it so she's quite like naive and so on she's a child so. I, yeah i played against type because normally i just played like grouchy like Sundere kind anime, of... anime yeah, yeah. I, I play vegeta <laughs> again and again and again yeah. but... ruby 
but with Pan, I tried something different and it was like very refreshing, but also just a lot of fun to play. Like sometimes I struggle because if you have like an overly positive character, it can sometimes feel like when bad stuff happens, it's hard to know how to get them to react to it in a way that's in character. Mm. Um, but with Pan, it's always felt like, yeah, very natural to play, which I think is like, it's a very easy character. She's a very easy character to play, mm. um, but I just enjoyed playing her. I would like to just play more of her. Yeah, I just really enjoy it. So maybe I'll just create a different character sometime that has like pan pan like attributes. Speaking of uh, Avatar, should we um, should we grab this question at the top because I have actually looked at the website that is in question. Oh sure, cool. yeah. Uh, Do you want to read it, boss? Uh, yeah, no, we had an email from is it Mael Mael. Um, apologies if I've said your name wrong there, but it says, "Hey crew, a question for the podcast. I know you're fans of the Avatar franchise, and I was wondering if any of you have ever tried the fan-made version of Pi Show, the board game that we see many characters play throughout the series. Uh, the website is scudpieshow.com. Uh, I will pop a link in the chat now if you are watching live. Oh, did you say Scud? Scud, scud. Pie Show. S K U do. Yeah, um, but <laughs> <Okay>. Scud. <laughs> um, apparently, you can even play it online. Curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so they. So this is really interesting because it's so Pie Show is the kind of like Go style board mm. game that they play in Avatar, um, which is uh, like a big round board with like triangle segments and then. You know, there's the the jokes about the white lotus tile that ends up being like the secret society and all that kind of stuff. Um, Spoilers. Well, it's late now. <laughs> Too late now. Um, but yeah, no, it's like it's it's really interesting because it's people trying to sort of work out how the game works based on the small snippets that we see of it, and like you know, interpreting those rules. So there's actually quite a few variants on there that you can play as well with like tutorials and how they work and then like by clicking on a piece it will give you like the rules for it and stuff like that but it's really interesting uh and it's worth having a look if you're if you're interested in how pie show would work um which is less of a question more just a yeah. recommendation well i suppose but... let's let's spin a question out of this because we're drawing close to time but are there any like games inside fictional worlds that you've either played or that you would like to play or that you've yeah enjoyed I ha i've played um is it oh god what's is it Redwall, the uh, the little chess game that they have? Oh, yeah. I've, I've played a, a version of that with Lowly's, I think, because uh, we saw it, I, maybe Pax Unplugged. Um, because, yeah, they again, they interpreted the rules based on like the comic book uh, strips. And it's actually, yeah, it's quite fun. It's really lovely because it's like a wooden board with little like mouse pieces and stuff. And it's all about yeah. like making castles. It's like, ca like yeah, c castles and something or other. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's quite nice and it's fun, and it's that's an in-universe game that you can play for realsies. Nice. Uh, I want to play the one that's in. <laughs> I want to play the one that's in Star Wars. You know the one where they've got like the little holograms. Uh, you know oh. what? I have played that, and I've played it with the guy that designed it because I once interviewed that's him. Cool. They yeah. made it with like an AR like card, so you looked at it for your mobile. Um, yeah, that's cool. Oh, I've I've oh. also played uh, the card game that's in. Um, Adventure Time, because they made like oh, a yeah, they did. They made like an app version of that, uh, where you've got like, the, um, the you got the Witcher card game as well. Gwent, yeah, they made mm. Gwent as well. They made that as well. That's quite. I don't good. want to play Gwent. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> what I want to see is um, Matt might know this from Final Fantasy IX Tetra Master, the card yes, game. Yes, thank you, Em. Yes. <laughs> Tetra Master is better than Triple Triad in my book. Yes. They they did actually make a physical version of it. I believe oh, really? it only ever came out in Germany. Nice. So like copies Weirdly, of it are like four hundred pounds. Uh, it's really hard to find. But yeah, I loved it. That was fun. It is nonsense. Like the rules yeah, are basically just, just wild, like 
gibberish because like a lot of it's randomized like triple tried mm. is like number beats number okay fine tetra master is like this slightly randomized thing where they bang together and it's like <laughs> okay <laughs> like sure but i loved tetra master also the yeah. music's so good Yes. Oh, yeah, just thank like, you, Palo. Like card Wars is the Adventure Time uh, card game. Card Wars, yeah. uh, also, to, to flip this question on its head, um, I've uh, also like played digital versions of real games, which I've preferred, i.e. Mm. the PlayStation 1 adaptions of Yu-Gi-Oh! are the best versions <laughs> of Yu-Gi-Oh! The, mo- the most entertainment I've ever gotten out of Yu-Gi-Oh! the card game is by playing it on the PlayStation 1 on like one of the really crappy ports. <laughs> I mean, that Pokemon trading card game uh, on the Game Boy Color, it was very good. And they never put the sequel out over here. They released a sequel in Japan called like Here Comes Team Rocket. Uh, <laughs> but they never, it never came out overseas. So there has only ever been oh, that, that one Pokemon right. uh, TCG game. Interesting. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, And that brings us to the end of this week's podcast. I will mention, because Will's mentioned PAX Unplugged, um, unfortunately, we've had to cancel our plans to attend PAX Unplugged this year um, for a number of reasons, uh, including, obviously, the uh, Omicron. One of which is my passport arrived today. Uh, So uh, there's also been significant passport delays (laughs) in the UK. So, yeah, basically just a lot of contributing factors. And unfortunately, we will no longer be out. However, uh, the wonderful Chase, uh, our news reporter, will be will be flying up. So if you see him, say hi. Yeah. Uh, at a distance, obviously. Give him a smile. Uh, if you're attending, yeah. If you're attending, we hope you obviously have a safe safe time and enjoy it. Let us know what you saw. Uh, but for now, that is this week's podcast. Thank you very much, special guest M Partlo, for being here. Thank you. Uh, where can folks me. find you? Um, so you can find me on Twitter uh, over at Mzine, so that's E-triple-M-M-Z-Y-N-E. Um, I write for all kinds of places, most notably Dicebreaker, um, about Magic, Warhammer, and D&D, and hopefully some board games soon. Yeah, also many Simpsons memes. Many Simpsons memes, <laughs> yeah. I got a Simpsons uh, reference in earlier. <laughs> <laughs> you did, yes. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Played to the right audience. Of course, yeah. Wills. Thank you very much thank for having me, Matt. As always, been a uh, pleasure. Thank you, Alex Meehan. It's you. <laughs> I've imagined Alvis will be back next Friday live with another Dicebreaker podcast from 2pm GMT. But until then, enjoy your weekend, stay safe out there, and Bye. have a lovely day. Bye-bye. Bye.